Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. If I haven't met you, my name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's, I'm really excited about what God's doing in the life of our church. And as has been mentioned, we're moving into faith, promise. And so I'm just going to throw to the screen. We're going to have a short uh, video just to encourage us from one of, um, one of uh, the people in our church, Graham, just why he's giving to faith, promise. So thank you. Hi, family. I just wanted to let you know some of my experience of uh, faith promise giving from uh, the years gone past. Mostly uh, it, it revolves around hearing God in particular uh, for the uh, supply of money that uh, you wouldn't ordinarily have. Certainly when it comes to faith, you, you really do need to um, believe in God that he's going to provide for you. And certainly uh, when you start to see that money coming through uh, and wanting to pass it on through faith promise giving, um, that, that's just such a boost for you for faith and uh, dependence on God. Hearing God in the first place sometimes is a bit tricky. If you just stop for a while, listen and uh, are able to hear God then, He'll tell you how much he wants you to give uh, and will supply that particular amount. I'm excited to give because God has already given me an amount to give uh, for the year. And uh, I'm surprised because now, these days, I'm on a pension and there's no, no other funds available. Uh, so when God's going to speak to me, uh, about a particular uh, amount, uh, he's uh, clear on giving that amount to me for the future. He'll, he's the one who'll provide the, the promise of uh, that, um, that amount of money. So yeah, that's about all I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Graham. Graham was the one that lent me the book Faith Promise Giving too, and I've just been so encouraged by it. So I love, uh, thank you for that. Just on that, uh, before I get into a short word I've got for us this morning, just to let you know, uh, this week and next week is an opportunity to, to give your Faith Promise Commitment cards. And hey, if you're a guest with us this morning uh, and visiting, um, that's okay. This might not make sense to you. This is for those that call Calamunda home, that are spiritually invested here, that this is your spiritual home. Um, and you'd know a bit more about that through hopefully reading the booklet. Um, but What's happening next week, uh, where we're actually going to be taking up uh, some buckets will go around, and these are the Faith Promise Commitment Cards. I know you can't see them from there, but they are going to be today back at the Generosity Station in, in case you can't make next week or, and you want to um, make your Faith Promise Commitment. And it says on this card, uh, Faith Promise Commitment 2023. As you know, these is going to be like a, a seed foundation offering for our, the missions of our church, our local missions, Kids Hope being one of them, our youth ministry, um, chaplaincy, we'll look, talk about that next week, we support chaplaincy and we've got uh, one of our chaplains uh, sharing um, and, and to lay a foundation for where we're heading uh, in mission. 
that, that, our, that our Jerusalem starting here is healthy, yeah? And we want to see it expand. And so on this it says, Trusting God to do his part by providing, I commit to do my part by giving the following amount to the missional work of Kalamunda Church by July 2024. I pledge to give, and then it's got an amount, and you write the amount there, and then you write the amount on the bottom for you, and you tear it off. It's got a tear off, so you keep one uh, for your, you put it on the fridge or somewhere, and the other one goes in the bucket next week or today if you can't make it next week and you want to give today the amount uh, there'll be the faith promise bucket at the back to be able to put it in so I just want to be clear about the directions on the screen there should be a bank account number coming up I think on the next slide or was that the one before um, is that if you are starting to give as God provides remember this is not giving what we have this is not faith promise giving is grace giving and is asking God and seeking God hey what do you want to provide through through me over the next 12 months and believing God and trusting him as it comes um, giving into the mission account so this is not going into our general account please reference it well faith promise is a great way to just to reference it as you start to give into it but first thing is to seek God as Graham said I love that be still and say, God, you speak to me, because it's more about faith than money. And that is the truth. It really isn't about as much money. It's about the faith increase in your life. And so uh, this is anonymous. We don't see you. You don't write your name on this. We don't need to know who you are. It's between you and God. Amen? And then you give, uh, and then God will provide. And then over the course of the year, we start making them commitments to the mission account, and we build that. And we'll be then updating you and telling you how it's going and what's happening. And but so over the next three weeks, please do that. This will be down the back directly after. In fact, if someone wants to take it down now, because I'll forget and uh, put that at the back. Thanks, Tom. Um, <laughs> Good on you. And uh, that will be there. And then over the next sort of two or three weeks, and then on Sunday the 27th, we'll be celebrating um, and looking at what God is going to do in and through the life of our church. Hey, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And this is a great way to stretch our faith. Hey, how good was Wednesday night? Yeah, that was fantastic. Wednesday night uh, was so wonderful. Um, especially it just blessed my heart and some of the feedback I've received. It's really blessed. I just feel that God was, uh, if you weren't here Wednesday night, by the way, we had Gary Hayes and his wife Sheila come and prophetically minister into the life of our church. And, um, and he spoke over individuals and he spoke over couples and he spoke over people, but he also spoke to us as a church. And he knows nothing about our church. He's never been here before. He did nothing. Um, I didn't give him any information and all that sort of thing. But at the end, he actually spoke a word over our church corporately, and I just felt, it goes for about two minutes, and I just feel it would be good to listen to this, especially if you weren't here. So this is Gary at the end of the night, ministered to, to people, and then he just felt on his heart to share this to us as a church, yeah? And so uh, if you listen to the audio, Jess is going to play that, thanks. I want to say this to the church. Um, I, I really believe that God wants, I saw a vision in, in when I was, talking to the leaders, I saw a vision in the parking lot. I saw literally hundreds of young people. <laughs> and I don't know what that means to you, but I saw like basketball nets. I saw stuff out in the, in the parking lot. And I saw a renewal wow. that God wanted to do. And so I, I want to say to the young people, the old people, I can say that because I'm old now. Um, you know, God wants to do something. I believe he wants to move a generation. And so 
I don't know where your vision is here at this point, but I think you need to really invest in some young people, uh, pour some money into it, um, and just really, really invest uh, into your church, because I believe there's a revival of young people. And uh, I, I, I just sense that deeply in my spirit, in my soul. Um, you know, really figure out how do we reach young people, get them up on the stage, you know, just create this movement of, uh, of we're, we're, we're reaching the next generation. Now, that doesn't invalidate the previous generations. It's important for the previous generations to pour in and to, you know, um, really minister. You know, young people have no money. We, the older, the older generation has the money. And so like, let's, let's invest in that generation and, uh, you know, maybe do some like a youth conference or youth camps, and <laughs> things of that nature. Okay. <laughs> I'm just talking, <laughs> um, because I, I really do think that's a, a real key, uh, to, to longevity, right? To longevity. I believe I believe that God wants this place to be like, I, I, I heard two things, a youth center, so whatever that means to you guys, and a healing center. And so I, I believe God wants to create a, a time of healing. I think that's where I cut it off. It is, it is where I cut it off. Hey, how cool is that? Uh, just, just, uh, yeah, that as we, yeah, I just had, we all laughed on the night, obviously, just the things that he just was saying at the end, which is just confirming. And, you know, I've always been a big believer in, and I'm still on the journey and learning about the prophetic ministry, but I've always been a big believer that, that it'll confirm God's word to you. It'll come alongside and really confirm. And, and so I think us as uh, our leadership group feel really confident and confirmed that what God has been and is doing in the life of our church, that we're, we're heading in a great direction. Uh, and I'm just excited for that if you look back over you know I'm looking back over nearly two years now and I just see where God's bringing us and taking us and praise God for him because I'm not smart enough to figure this stuff out just letting you know I couldn't no clever person could and God has just been doing wonderful things he he led us to look at the gifts of the spirit then he led us to have Gary come here and just to be able to receive that and we we want to hold on to that I love that house of healing yeah house of healing and young people um there are some people that actually received healing. Helen, you received healing on Wednesday night, didn't you? Can I ask you, oh, gee, I'm just about going to need healing in a minute. Um, so, whew, it's all right. It's the house of healing. We can do what we want. On Wednesday night, Gary operated in some, in some um, words of knowledge. And so, Helen, you received, can you, you just want to share quickly your healing? Yep. Okay, well, in 2017, I had a car accident where some guys were setting up for roadworks and I was stopped in this car, ran into the back of me, pushed me into the one in front and the guy standing on the side of the road said my head was like a ping pong ball. Went back and forwards, whiplash about five times. So I've had issues with my neck and if I don't do much then it's okay. But when I do things like looking after my one-year-old grandson, who I, which I love to do more than anything, um, I picked him up a few weekends ago, a few Fridays ago, and I heard, because it's sort of weak, you know, that spot now. Anyway, I couldn't go the next Friday, which broke my heart. So um, uh, Gary called out, sore necks, anybody has a sore neck, I went out. 
he put his hand on there and he commanded healing into that into my um, spine and into the muscles and joints around my neck and I felt like a warmth just flood straight through my body and I was healed instantly so much so that Friday I went to look after my grandson and I had a uh, worship uh, seminar healing seminar that's going on in Colorado at the moment on the YouTube and I held him in front of me like this and for an hour we just worship God together Praise God. And I um, also heard other people, um, I think, uh, up on the balcony in prayer. By the way, if you ever come early, we pray on the balcony. There's a group of regular people that pray there. I'm not always there, but I love being there. And this morning, Deb testified of her knee being healed since Wednesday night. How good is that? The pain has gone, hasn't come back. Uh, Dan, Dan, I think, testified about his, his knee as well. Any others out there from Wednesday night that you were healed on Wednesday night? Um, just thought I'd ask. Always good. Builds faith. That's cool. So yeah, how amazing. I'm going to take the stairs up this time. I'm just going to walk up the stairs. But um, I just wanted to share that because it's, it's not just theory. It's not just words. We want, we, God wants to demonstrate his power uh, in our lives and in our church. And so sharing testimonies. If you, if you did receive something, email us and let us know at the office. I'd love to celebrate and uh, honor God and give him all the glory because he's the healer. But he's got different ways that, that, that he wants to use um, to bring that about. So I just think that's absolutely wonderful. And so this morning, uh, it's after 10 already, so I'm not going to speak for long. Famous last words of all preachers, amen. Uh, I'm not going to speak for long, but I do want to draw your attention to a couple of scriptures in terms of encouraging us um, this morning with honouring what happened on Wednesday night, honouring the ministry, what God is doing in the life of our church. So you could call this holding on to your prophecy. You could call it holding on to the word of God. But I want to encourage us that when God's prophetic word comes into the life of our church, which it has, it's like an injection of life. Um, but it doesn't mean that we just sit back and do nothing. If God has prophetically spoken into your life and uh, thank you so much, Pastor Tim, for helping get all the recordings and cutting them up. Um, really appreciate your hard work in that so that you, you can get your copy if you haven't got a copy or recording of what Gary and Sheila spoke over your life. Because it's good to, to go over it again and listen to it again and see what God is saying to you. Because sometimes it does require our receiving and our walking out. Uh, and it's not just to sit back and, and do nothing. So I want to talk about that this morning. 2 Peter 1 verse 19 says this. It says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. Yep, that's the same version. And you do well, this is the main bit here, you do well to pay attention to it or heed it. You do well to heed the prophetic message as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. God's word will be like light and it might be dark in that situation at the moment, but the prophetic ministry is that it's shining God's light, that word in there, no matter what it looks like, it doesn't matter. If you hold on to it, it's bringing light. It's bringing it till it rises above all it says verse 20 you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things for prophecy never had its origin in the human will but prophets through though human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit now this has been often referred to as understanding the Bible understanding how the Bible came about that holy men of old of God were were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And yes, we have the canon of Scripture. And no prophet, 
because the next line, by the way, goes into chapter 2. It says, but there are false prophets. So there is prophecy and there is false prophecy, and we need to be able to test what we hear according to Scripture. Um, but then when you know and believe that this is a word from God, we need to know how to hold on to that. Yes, we need to know how to reject um, False prophecy and things like that, things that don't line up with God's word, and we know that's a discernment thing. But we also need to learn how to heed God's word when he speaks prophetically into our life. I often say things to myself like this, does that word line up with the Bible? Is it contradicting the Bible? Because it won't contradict God's written word. I often say to myself, does this word glorify God in my life? Does it give him glory? Does it make me become more like Jesus? That's a good start. If it's making me not become more like Jesus, if it's not speaking into that area, test it. But then when we know it's from God, we need to heed God's word for our life. Uh, we need to partner with God's word. And, and what I'm speaking about this morning could be a prophetic word specifically into your life, or it just could be God's word in your life, if that makes sense. Um, we partner with it, we walk in it, we see it come to pass. I want to encourage us this morning that we cannot change the power of God's word, but we can cooperate with it. Prophetic promises are like seeds that you have on, and on the inside of the seeds is everything that is needed, the power for it to come to pass. You can't make this word any more powerful. It is so powerful, God's word and God's prophetic word. But what you can do is see the power manifest in your life by cooperating with it. Does that make sense? Let's go to Mark chapter 4, verse 1. This is where we're landing. I love this section of scripture. All the farmers out there get a big amen. Here we go. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Verse 2, he taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, I love this, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said this, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I love this parable about this farmer just scattering and it's not like the uh, direct drill air seeders that we have today and GPS and it's lining up and all the paddocks are perfect but back then he's talking about a farmer and just scattering this seed and just going out and scattering it and, and it would land in different places and we see three types of different places where it lands and it doesn't produce uh, a harvest but one place it lands where there's good soil it produces a harvest and God's word is a seed. God's word is seed. And he wants it to produce a harvest in our life. Um, it's interesting in verse 13, when you jump down, I did, I did put it on the screen. Jesus made a statement about this parable. The disciples went up to him and said, teach us how to understand this, this farming parable you got going on Jesus. And he said this to them. He said, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? 
There is something about this parable, dare I say it, that makes it to my life personally the most important parable in the whole Bible. Because he's saying if you don't understand this, if you don't understand the seed and the soul, if you don't understand how to get God's word to work for you in your life, you won't understand any of the other parables. It's like this is so important, he's saying, that I need you to understand that God's word is like seed and seed is sown in your heart. Um, And when you sow that seed in your heart, it comes out to produce without any human effort. Seeds don't need human effort to produce, but they need human cooperation, if that makes sense. Uh, God's Word, it's a bit like taking a promise from God and sowing it in your heart to make sure that it produces a harvest. Now, there's sort of two ways to look at this. One way is anybody can just sow. We, can, we all should be doing this regularly. In other words, taking promises of God uh, and just sowing them. I, I'd call it like the Logos. We have the Logos the, the, in the Bible, which is the written word. God, Jesus is the word, this word, the Bible. But you also know that other word called Rhema. Rhema is like a now word from God. You could almost say that was like a prophetic word into your life. Now, we should always be sowing God's promises like things like, for example, he shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. As I sow that into my heart, I should be sowing that like a seed into my heart. But then there are times where God speaks something specifically into your life, like he has in my life before around an area of healing. And he gives me a verse on healing. And I sow that into my life in a different way. It's like, the rhema is like pulling out of the logos, like there's, this is the word, but you know when it comes alive to you or a preacher's preaching or, or, and you just feel like God is speaking through something, it's like that was for me. Or you're listening to a podcast or even in creation, something God just speaks to you in a way that it's not just reading the Bible. I hope this is making sense, but there's like the way we need to sow God's word into our heart is so important to, to heed it. So what I want to say to us is this. If you've got a prophetic word, maybe it's from Wednesday night, or if you've got something you're holding on to, or if you've got uh, areas in your life that you need God's promises, what I want to say is this, your responsibility is not over the seed, it's over the soil. Your responsibility is only over the soil. And we see that in this parable, the seed will produce if it hits the right soil. What is the seed? The seed is the Word of God. What is the soil? The soil is your heart, your spirit, if I can put it that way, where you put it into you. So we see that when this farmer scatters the seed, it goes on different places, but the good soil is where you want God's Word to produce in your life. It says, number one, there were some that fell by the wayside. So I want you to test your heart this morning. It said, when it fell by the wayside, the birds of the air came and they devoured it. And Jesus explained this and said, this is when the Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown out of their heart. So like you get a word from God or you read the promises of God, you think that's for me. But no, straight away the enemy comes to steal it because he is a thief. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he's not actually coming to steal you. He's coming to steal your promises. He's coming to steal the word that God has for you and to get that out so you don't sow it in your heart. The enemy always attacks the word because he knows that inside of it is all the victory you'll ever need. So he's trying to steal it. He's a thief. I remember we, Sky and I, years and years ago, took one of her friends uh, to a gospel night down at the town hall. And this night was amazing. 
gospel message was preached and, and a friend came down the front with tears and, and, and made this commitment to Jesus and it was like, wow. But straight away, something happened within a 24-hour period where what happened there, the seed that was sown was stolen and it never, built, it never got root. Now, I'm not the judge, so I don't know where that person will end up right now or where they stand with God. But what I did see was no fruit produced, gone, totally gone. Yet there was a moment there was like, was that real? What was going on? Well, possibly the enemy came and stole it away and um, I want to encourage us this morning that when we get the word of God we've got to be straight away protect it protect it because the enemy wants to steal it then it says some fell on stony ground where it didn't have much earth and immediately it sprung up so there was like something there and it had but it had no depth and then the sun come up and the sun is hot and it scorched it and, and it had no root so it withered away notice it's a it's a not as Faster death is the first one. It's a little bit slower death where the word will not produce. And Jesus talks about this and he said what this is. It says they have no root in themselves and tribulation or persecution arises. Catch this. For the word's sake, the Bible says. The tribulation and the persecution comes and immediately they stumble. So when it says the sun shines on your promise, it's trying to scorch your promise. And persecution comes against that word. And when these things happen, it can put the person off in such a way to knock them over and they don't hold on to the word. It's like it's there, but then it just withers away. Stony hearts hinder depth. Stone, if you're going to try and build a garden on stones, you know it's not going to grow. And God does not want to build his promises on a stony, hard heart. He's looking for soft, fertile soil to move on. Does that make sense? Then it says this. It says the third one, some fell, fell among thorns um, and the thorns grew up and choked it. Now this is a powerful one, but it yielded no crop. It's interesting that it grew among thorns. And Jesus talks about this. What were these thorns? He says these are when people hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things enter in and choke the word. They choke the word out. Notice that in this type of soil, this heart, a lot of other stuff is growing. There's a lot of other stuff. This, this, this garden is unattended. There's no weeding going on and thorns are growing up. And what does he call it? Cares of this world, uh, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of the things here. So what this person in their heart is, they're not singly focused on God's promises. They're letting the other things, the words of the world, their own desires, their own selfishness choke out the word. And then it says, but there is that ones that are sown on good ground. This is us, amen? This is where we want to be on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit up to a hundredfold. And I just want to encourage us this morning with the word of God. We need to cultivate healthy hearts. We need good soil. Because you will never change the power of God's promises. You won't make it more powerful, but you can cultivate the areas for it to come and be sown in. And when it gets sown in there, you can make sure that you keep the weeds out, keep the things out. Um, I actually feel like some, sometimes I've felt this in my own life, that these three soils and then good soil are almost like progressive as we first start out, sometimes we have God's promises, but it's like just seems to not stick. And then as you grow, you grow a bit more and you grow a bit more. And then we come to a place, hopefully, where we can continue to grow, where we learn how to always sow God's word into our hearts in good soil.
And as we do that, we will see a harvest. You will see the prophetic come to pass. You'll see God's word come to pass. Um, so just a few thoughts. They're not on the screen. That's my last slide. But a few thoughts to, to, in closing to encourage us. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. You with me this morning? Amen. Here we go. Number one is just position your heart to receive God's word. Notice that he's talked about by the wayside. Get your heart in the middle of the paddock, so to speak. You can't heed what you have not received. You cannot heed what you have not received. Make God's word the number one priority of your life. The first part of the day to get God's word into our life. Isn't it so good now with version apps and everything? We've got so much opportunity to get God's word, make position yourself to receive. Uh, first thing of the week, you're here on a Sunday. Why? To position yourself to receive God's word. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you will not get the preceding word of God if you're not positioned to hear. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Have you got ears to hear this morning? Become a life that is positioned to hear and receive. I remember in 1999 when I was really uh, backslidden and struggling in my faith and I, I made a recommitment to come back to the Lord. But it was a, it, I remember, I never forget it because as soon as somebody comes back to the Lord, they're far from God and, and the Holy Spirit draws them back. The first thing you often see, not all the time, but the first thing I often see, people say things like this, I need to get, I need to, get to a church. I need to get back to church or I need to get into fellowship. Why? Because they know they're out of position. And that day that I remember walking all night through the city because I didn't have my car and a long, horrible story of where my life had got to at that time. And, and I remember I was, I was, uh, that, that night I'd heard that there was a concert in Langley Park with Steve Grace singing, old Steve Grace. And I just knew I had to be there. And I got there and I positioned myself there and just wept and wept as his songs just spoke to my life. God's word, and I can still remember it to this day. He said, I want to be someone someday. I don't want to throw my life away. And he, the song of Abraham, and it just stuck with me. I thought, God, I want to be someone for you one day. I don't want to throw my life away. But I am at the moment. So God, help me. As I positioned myself there, God met me with a word. When you position yourself to receive God's word, he's got, he, you're, you're getting your heart open for good soil. Second thing is make sure your heart is soft towards God's word, not hard. Nothing will produce on rocky ground. Hard hearts hinder God's word. Hebrews 3.12 says this, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you, catch this, may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know the worst thing about being deceived? You don't know. You're deceived. <laughs> Sin is so deceitful. It's, the, it's Satan's number one we weapon is deception. And so what it does is it hardens our hearts. What does a hard heart look like? It looks like an unbelieving heart. It looks like a heart that's always critical. It's an unforgiving heart. It's a bitter heart. And it gets all these calluses over it. And suddenly God's word gets scattered. And it could be here on a Sunday. And everybody gets the same word. Somebody produces a crop. Another person walks out and says, well, I got nothing out of that. But it could be your heart. It could be the soil of your life that is needing the work on it. Amen? Amen myself on that one. Soft hearts. And number three would be to weed out the weeds, the cares of this world, 
the deceitfulness of riches, and the worship team can come back up if they like, and the desires for other things that choke out the word of God, weed out the weeds. Um, really, weeds only happen, I'm not much of a gardener, by the way, we're more of, every time I buy, <laughs> when we buy plants, I just feel sorry for them. <laughs> I say to Sky, don't do it to it, don't, don't do it to it. <laughs> We just can't do this. It's like abuse. I just know it's going to its death. But anyway, I did plant a plant recently and it's still alive, so I'm pretty proud of that. But, but the, when you've got weeds, it is a clear indication of lack of attention. Yeah? Lack of attendance. You're not attending to your heart. And so we need to learn to attend to our hearts and attend to the things that would choke out God's word. And I'm going to pray for us in a moment about that and pray a prayer over us and, and believe in God to release some things in our life. But we need to know that you can't. You can't make his word any more powerful. Like I remember holding on to God's word about Sky's back when it when needed healing. And this will, you know, Proverbs 3, 9, health to your body, nourishment to your bones. The word is powerful. I couldn't make it any more powerful, but I just got our lives to receive it and to position it and to believe it and to trust in it. And no matter what we saw, no matter what we feel, no matter what, what happens around us, the word of God is true. Let everything else be a liar. Amen. So you trust God's word. Weed out the weeds. And I'll finish on this point is the real way to make sure you hold on to your prophetic word, hold on to your promise, hold on to anything that God's got for you is to water it and to fertilise it every day. And what, how does that mean? You water it through your words. You fertilise it through your actions. You, you, what, what one person said, faith is acting like God's word is true. It's true. And then act like it. So walk it out. But you've got to speak the words of life, you know. I don't know if you've heard that song called The Cell Song. I love The Cell Song. No one's heard it? I'm going to sing it. I'm going to say it. It says this. It goes, every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Then it goes, I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. I'm so, I know you're wondering where I'm going. This is somewhere. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy. Well, it's so okay. Then you go back into every little cell in my body is happy. I get in the shower sometimes. I'm just going for it. And I'm singing. And you might think that seems silly, but I just love singing it because I know that as I speak, you know, your words have power. They're containers. When you speak, you're either carrying life or you're carrying death. And that's what the Bible says, it's in your tongue. And so when I speak it out to my cells, they respond to my words. They respond to words. So my promise is responding to my words. Again, I can't make it any more powerful, but when I speak it out, I cooperate with it. I line my life up with it. By His stripes, I have been healed. It was past tense, amen. That person that you're praying for to come to the Lord, that you believe God has given you a word that that person is going to come back to the Lord. If that's you, would you stand up? If you've got a promise for somebody that's going to come back to the Lord, you believe it. There's somebody stand up. We're going to pray right now. I didn't plan this, but I just feel this in my heart. There is something. You believe God has spoken it. So let's pray. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you, Father, for people coming back to you, for prodigals coming home. I pray for the people that are standing. Lord, you give them that that strength of spirit 
that trust in You to hold on to the Word. Lord, no matter what they see, no matter what they feel, no matter what happens around them, the Word of God is true. The seed is sown in their heart. Father, I pray against the the things that would choke that Word. And we speak life this morning. We speak to that son, that daughter, that friend. We speak to that person that's far from you. In the name of Jesus, the Father is running at you. The Father is running towards His lost children. And we see them coming because He's got arms open wide. In the name of Jesus, we declare it and we hold on to it in the name of Jesus. Would everybody stand with me now, please? If you're comfortable to stand, we're going to close off with a blessing. Father, we just thank You that we water Your Word with our words and we agree with it. For some of us today, we're coming out of agreement with ourselves and stepping out of agreement with the devil and we're stepping into agreement with God. Father God, we worship You, we love You. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian this morning, while every head is bowed and eyes closed, if you'd say this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've never said yes to Jesus. If that's you this morning, while we're in the attitude of prayer, I'm just going to encourage you to come down the front and I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, you've never become a Christian. Today's the day you give your heart to Jesus. Just come down now and I'll meet you at the front and shake your hand if that's you. God bless you. Always like to finish with that opportunity because we are an outward-focused, gospel-centred church. It's not about us. It's about the people out there. So, Father, I just speak a blessing over our church that we would have good soil, good hearts to receive your word every day of our life. I pray, Lord, for people that are holding on to prophetic words and promises that they haven't seen come to pass for a long time. And, Father, I just thank you. Today is the new day. Lord, I thank you that you, you, you answer that prayer of that person in the New Testament said, Lord, help my unbelief. And you meet us even there. When we're faithless, you are faithful. We thank you for what you're doing in the life of our church, Lord. And we just hold on to those words that are spoken over us. This is a healing center. This is a place for every generation. But the next generation will be up and coming here in a healthy environment. Yeah, we believe that. We speak that, Lord, every generation. But a focus on that next generation, Lord, that they wouldn't be lost. That they wouldn't be lost to the enemy, but they'll be one to Jesus. Father, build your church. Build your church. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been so good this morning. I want to just, as always, thank you. Open, uh, our prayer team will be down the front and on the sides. I'm just going to hand it back to Nikki, maybe send us off. And we're come forward for prayer if you need prayer for anything today. Amen.